there's a great deal of peace and serenity out here. I spend a lot of time outdoors. I try to even even in the summertime when it's so hot and humid here along the Gulf Coast. I need to be out here. We are approaching day 80. I'm not sure the exact day, but we're approaching day 80 of our, our hunker down, our self sequester on account of the COVID virus. And we really had no clue of what was going to transpire and that here at this, at this point in this already uh, all too interesting adventure where the pandemic is concerned, now we're confronted and, and facing, confronted by and facing all of this turmoil, the, the grief, the it's just a mess. The violent protests. It's not, exercising violence isn't protesting. It's not in, not in any real legitimate sense. Exercising violence and destruction is anarchy. And it, it's really disheartening to see all of this taking place here in what is supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. I'm reminded this morning of something that you know, Jesus said, actually a lot that Jesus said, but in particular when I look at the, the crisis, the, the social upheaval, the seemingly, or the seeming meltdown of the fabric of society here in this country. A country that was supposedly founded upon principles of religious freedom, principles of respect for all persons, supposedly. I think about when Jesus rode into Jerusalem and the, the, the people were proclaiming him, praising him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and the scribes and the Pharisees were scolding Jesus and telling him, look, you need to silence these people. You need to shut them up. And Jesus looked at them and said something to the extent, you kill the prophets. In Jerusalem, if only you knew the things that would make for peace, if only you would receive them, would might be a way to prepare paraphrase that Jerusalem, Jerusalem that killest the prophets if only you had known the things that make for peace and I think so many times about that and how 
They rejected Jesus then. And even though we have the words of Jesus today, the, the historic account of his life and death and resurrection, his, the birth of Jesus, the miraculous birth of Jesus, even though we have all of that, so many people refuse to hear it. So many people refuse to accept it. And I'll dare to say that the greatest problem that we have right now in the social fabric of this country, I'm not going to say that people have put their Bibles away because a lot of people are carrying their Bibles and reading their Bibles, but are they really, truly, honestly listening what Jesus had to say to us as humanity, to us as broken humanity when He walked on this earth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28, 29, and 30 has something to say to us that is so fitted to this moment that we're living in where all of this tragedy is unfolding. Listen to the words of Jesus and realize, realize that Jesus is not inviting us to accept what he is saying as though he were some other God recommending his way in the midst of a lot of other ways. He's not recommending. He's not inviting. We need to see Jesus, the Son of God, speaking to us directly, saying to us, telling us, Come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Sermon on the Mount, as I've already said, is the keynote address that Jesus gave when he entered into his public ministry after he had been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River to fulfill all righteousness, not because Jesus needed to be baptized for the same reasons that we need to be baptized, but to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River, and then the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, into the desert, to pray. 
the love of God, the Holy Spirit, moved Jesus into the desert to pray, to be tried by the devil. And after defeating Satan in the wilderness, by refuting everything that Satan said by his own personal life and example by his word as the word of God. Jesus came out of the wilderness and assumed his earthly ministry. And people followed him from all around. People started flocking to Jesus because here is somebody that was providing an answer, many answers to the, to the plagues of their heart, to the plagues that were plaguing their physical bodies, to the plagues that were plaguing their souls, unlike anything ever experienced. He was healing their sick. And oh, how we need healing. He was casting out demons and how much more today do we need to realize that the same demons that affected people in the days of Jesus, that same Satan that came to Jesus in the wilderness is here today doing the same things that they've always done, except now they're a lot more educated because they've been watching us. They know how to get within us. They know how to affect us. And Jesus, seeing all of these people, these crowds of people that were coming to him, seeking answers for the needs of their hearts and souls and physical bodies, seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set down, his disciples came to him, and opening his mouth, he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Somehow things have gotten so convoluted that we see modern men see meekness as a, as, as a sign of weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is an outward showing of an inner strength that takes us through anything and everything that confronts us. It was meekness, not just faith in their lives. It was meekness at work in their lives that the martyrs walked in because they believed Jesus. They accepted him at his word. It was meekness that the martyrs were walking in when they walked into the Colosseum to be fed to lions or slain by swords or crucified upside down. Ever how they met their end in those terrible persecutions at the beginning of the church. It was meekness that empowered them. The strength of the Holy Spirit being manifested in calm, disciplined assurance. That's meekness. One of the things that 
we somehow need to realize again afresh. And it's something that's been just bursting alive within me as I've begun to read and study anew, afresh. I've done it before, but I wasn't ready to hear what they had to say. What the early church fathers, what the desert fathers have to say about life as Christians. And one of the things that the desert fathers continually talk about is being able to arrive at a place of dispassion. Dispassion isn't apathy. Dispassion is that place we come to in our lives, in our experience with God and with humanity, where we see things, we see the problems, we see the tragedies, we see how far humanity has gone away from God, and yet we're not caught up in it. We're able to distance ourselves from the, quote, emotions of the moment so that we're not drawn to the right or we're not drawn to the left, but we're able to stand in the middle and see both ways. And as Isaiah the prophet said, to hear that voice that is behind us, directing us, guiding us in the way we should go. I'd like to take a minute to express my appreciation to each of you who watch these videos on YouTube and to those of you that have begun to listen to the podcasts that I create from these videos that are placed on Anchor FM and you can find on either YouTube or Anchor FM or whichever podcast platform you listen to, you can find Salty Catholic there. And I really do appreciate you listening. This is a very, very new and really an upstart at this point in my life. It's not that I've not done YouTube videos. Uh, I've never done podcasts. I've, I've done radio. And uh, radio is a very enjoyable uh, ministry. Uh, years ago, I was on uh, an AM station, and I DJed and produced a radio program of my own uh, under the umbrella of David Crawlick Ministries, and that was that was rewarding as well. But I do want to express my appreciation to you now. And today is Friday, so. Today, now excuse me, today is Tuesday. At this point in our hunker down, in our, our life as uh, pretty much hermits, which we love anyway, uh, the days tend to run into each other. But today is Tuesday, and on Tuesdays and Fridays, when we pray the rosary, we meditate upon the sorrowful mysteries, Christ's agony in the garden, his brutal scourging at the pillar, his crowning with thorns, 
the hardships and struggles of carrying that cross to Golgotha. And then finally, his crucifixion and death. And I think I'm going to complete my little walk out and about and pray the rosary contemplatively as I make my way back to our little hermitage-like tiny cabin about a mile over there in the woods. <laughs>